Hey friends, welcome to the Brew Stories podcast where we dive into the stories behind some of coffee's greatest people and shops. There's a lot of content out there that goes into specifics on industry and politics, but what we want to hear is people's stories. My name is Greg Saunders. And I'm Keith Vailapet. And we truly are passionate about two things, people and coffee. So we figured, what better way to combine these two passions than by creating conversations in our local cafes? There's a lot of wisdom to be gained by listening to the stories of those who have gone before us. So we hope you'll join in as we listen and learn more about some of our favorite baristas, how they came to be, and how they're changing the ways we look at coffee. Yeah, we're good. Cool. All right. We are here with David James Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, owner. Did you say owner? Manager? Um, I don't know. But, yeah, it just says, yeah, I, I, you know, at this point, you definitely play a part in all that stuff. You know, you kind of. Yeah. Barista. Yeah, at times, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the question. Well, for better or worse, yeah, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, get yeah. after it on the bar. Mm-hmm. Learn a little bit. Yeah. Um, cool. So we're here kind of hoping to pick your mind on yeah. coffee, your history with coffee, uh, a little bit about the shop, a little bit about some of your thoughts on the industry, yeah. uh, and then just a couple of fun little questions okay. at the end. So if I can, maybe we yeah. can just dive right into it. Yeah. Um, just like first off, um, I think maybe most importantly, um, I just want to hear like your story or your history with coffee. Um, and if you can like attribute that to a specific experience or maybe even a person. Well, my, I don't know, my history in coffee is, I guess the years are sort of adding up, but it came pretty late in my life. Like I never, I really, I've never, um, so from being a kid or whatever, I never drank alcohol, I've never done drugs, I've never like, I never, I didn't really want to, I didn't identify with an adult you know, like the adult sort of path or what they were sort of into. So I like I, I kind of denied a lot of like uh, activities that they that you know just so I didn't sort of I never wanted to grow up. I never want to be an adult, so I didn't want to do what adults did. You know, and so and I think uh, you know underneath those categories of not not drinking and not smoking, not doing drugs, not doing stuff like that. I think. You know, drinking coffee and being like, oh, I drink coffee and I smoke cigarettes. And that was something that I uh, didn't want to identify with. And that stuck with me for a long time. So, and I still never, still never, still don't do, you know, any alcohol or any kind of stuff like that. But, like, I did start craving that sort of social activity. I had some friends that were really into wine, really into sort of beer. And I kind of was always a fan of the way they had banter and they had something sort of nice to sort of congregate around and enjoy and talk talk about so I think at some point I made like sort of even because even when you like you know you're hanging out you're doing stuff people are like oh let's go get a coffee I'm like okay cool I'll go and I'll get like a hot chocolate or a tea I wasn't really partaking in the conversation you know I still was an outsider you know mm-hmm. and um, so I think at one point I was like okay like I'll, I'll, I'm going to get a coffee I'm going to do this and you know and, and it all started with like you know vanilla lattes from Pete's or Starbucks and you know like you know a good in, in, introduction to you know to drinking coffee you know I just don't know I mean I guess I always had it in my head coffee was a black industrial liquid you know from 
the middle of America or somewhere, you know, right. like just something. I had no concept of what it was. I mean, that was my experience growing up was being in like yum yum donuts with my dad and and the, all the construction workers and everybody just smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. I'm like, this is so gnarly. Like, yeah. you know? And uh, anyway, but yeah, so from doing that, like, um, that was my introduction. That happened in my, you know, I'm 39 now, and that happened pretty well into my 30s, you know? I sort of stayed away from all that, you know, that culture and stuff. But then started sort of, uh, I can actually say it was 2008, I probably started drinking vanilla lattes. Yeah. That was my <laughs> gateway. You know, <laughs> that was my gateway into it. But uh, 2008 and 2009, I, I would say that was my, and then, um, Things happen for me pretty quick. I'm pretty obsessive, or I get pretty obsessed about things. So that when something does click and I become a fan, then I become, like, a super fan, you know? Yeah. And um, I was in Australia, and they're like, oh, you got to order a flat white. you got to order a flat white. I was like, what the heck is a flat white? You know, they're like, oh, it's like what they drink here. It's what they drink. So I got a flat white, and... Uh, and uh, they set it down in front of me, and I just I took one sip, you know, and I just, like, I remember just looking at the cup and just going, like, like, what is that? Like, what did you do to my drink? Like, why is that so delicious? And, um, and that was my sort of aha moment of, like, starting to ask questions, like, why is that so delicious? And it was like, it wasn't sugar, it wasn't, you know... It wasn't anything added to it. It was just a really good recipe, a really good, well-crafted drink. Is ultimately was the answer was you know starting with a good base of coffee and finishing with a good recipe and good milk and all that stuff. And I but I'd never seen anything like it. And so once that happened, I just started asking a ton of questions. And um, and uh, that was that was my that was in two thousand nine. I remember. And um, so and then then it went on down to. Um, from, like I said, once I become a fan of something, I, like, really immerse myself in it. So mm -hmm. I was just in this pretty cool day and age of Google. You know, you get any question you have. It's pretty, you got a lot of answers ready for you. And uh, and then, yeah, that was, like, kind of the start of the journey. And then, uh, you know, my now wife, actually, she, at the time, we were in Germany, and we were just, we you know, traveling, doing whatever for work outside of, you know, before, you know, pursuing coffee, like, we spent a lot of time going to, you know, coffee shops, finding roasters. Once I found that one delicious drink, I, like, needed it over and over again. Right. And then I started realizing how difficult it was to find that drink, you know. Um, uh, and then uh, we were in... Um, so we were in Germany, and she was telling me about a couple of her friends that... Uh, she went to university with um, at the at the time uh, that were like roasting coffee in their apartment and then serving free espresso drinks to the sidewalk on Sundays just so people could taste her roasts. And I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" Like, she's like, "Yeah, I guess they like roast coffee in their kitchen or something." And I was like, "No, no way." So again, retreated back to YouTube. And everywhere else, and been like roast coffee at home, like, and then there's just like this infinite amount of like people posting videos talking about it, like all kinds of. So yeah, immediately from Germany, I remember ordering my first popcorn maker, you know, to roast, start roasting coffee, and then 
I mean, this all happened quite fast. I mean, this literally, that, 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 that's, that's how quickly everything happened for me anyway. So it was, you know, from 2009 to 2010, like, ordering all that, you know, I just, I just like asking questions and then when you can find answers that start lining up with who you are and also with what you're a fan of you're like oh you just want to pursue it deeper and deeper you know so yeah I don't know that's probably a long answer but that's from those little few moments you know it's like and then I can remember I remember the first time I had uh, single origin you know like our batch coffee you know so first it was like pursuing like cappuccinos and stuff like that like that's what I thought was what I needed but I remember being at a cafe or something in Los Angeles, unfortunately, I don't remember the name of it, but it was the first time I ever had Intelligentsia coffee, and the woman just came by. It was just a cafe. She put down, she put down a cup of coffee, ordered a cup of coffee, and she put it down at the table, and I had one sip of it, and I was just like, like, I'm never asked. You know, you never. I just don't like. I don't know if it's interacting or what it is, but I'm always afraid of like being too chatty with people. So, but I did go out on a limb and I asked the waitress, like, what, what is this? Like, why is this? so awesome she goes oh it's intelligentsia like I was the biggest idiot on the planet but I was like okay I don't know what you're talking about but this is amazing and so from then on like there was a lot of orange bags around my house you know like I started I definitely started pursuing coffee I remember being yeah I keep talking about this I had other friends with like Blue Bottle and Four Barrel and all those becoming quite a big fan of a lot of you know then you just start I mean, there's just you just start going down a rabbit hole of totally. fun yeah. things, you know. Yeah. At what point did you like start to shift from it being something that like piqued your interest and something yeah. that you like pulled from intelligentsia and blue bottle, yeah. and then moved into like wanting to do it solely, like on your own as a business. I think um, when. <laughs> I wanted to buy more equipment, you know, because the, the jump from being like just a, a home enthusiast uh, to having professional equipment is quite a big jump, yeah. you know, okay. and uh, yeah, and I think that that was just, uh, I think that was the initial part of it, and you start like, a, you know, I mean, I'd sit around with my popcorn maker trying to write down data I don't know <laughs> it seems silly now it seems you know but as a you know I, I try to you know but there's no real way to do it you know really you just put the you know four ounces of coffee in there and just kind of let it circulate but either way um, and then all of a sudden you're like oh I don't have any control I don't have any consistency you know and you just want to start doing better you start looking outwards you start looking at all the other equipment to get you to, to have those mm -hmm. that stuff um, so that was the initial part of it, but all along, like I've always, like myself and brother, I've always been uh, real into building, well, just about anything, you know, mostly, but mostly like interior, like uh, interior things, like tables, couches, uh, you know, interior goods, I guess, you know, like furniture, and. Uh, so we, we had that, like I would do that a lot, and uh, I guess as I was sharing coffee and, you know, doing my little roast and, you know, trying to like, you know, have people try it or, you know, I think I found a lot of similar connections to being a part of something that you helped.
create from start to finish, you know? Mm -hmm. And the only thing was, as opposed to trying to create, like, a table that, like, we're sitting at right now and sharing this with someone, it's, um, it's, it's, it's not as... It's not as easy to find those connections, and whereas coffee, it's like it's quite immediate, you know. Right. Roast the coffee, you know, grind it up, pour some hot water over it, and you're like, there it is. And it's very simple, and it's very immediate, and uh, it's actually quite enjoyable in that way. So I mean, from things that you know, so from from building, you know, fabricating things, furniture, and or you know, even be more on the, you know, as time of my life, I was pursued music for quite a few years was a big part of my life and um, you know that kind of thing like creating things that people actually can connect with and interact with and uh, I thought I don't know I find that same thing with you know making a cup of coffee you know it's just that and that's what I yeah so I find those same connections it's just like with coffee it's just the demographic is very large um, it's relatable to so many different types of people and the community is um, a little bit more, you know, just attainable, I think, you know, than sometimes, like with music, you're pursuing a very niche thing, like, and you're creating a very predictable environment, which is amazing and fun, but um, it's, it's hard to build yourself out of that, like, it's really easy to paint yourself in a corner with, with, with music, you know, with who you are, who people think you are in that kind of thing and then once you so it's, you paint yourself into a corner with music so that's the that takes some of the enjoyment out of just being essentially creative and sharing something with someone and with let's say furniture it's the same thing it's trying to line up the idea where this is the type of furniture I like to make but this is the type of furniture you want or you're willing to financially invest in you know so it's like you're kind of stuck with just a very small portion of people too whereas then with coffee I don't know. You can bounce around. You can just create stuff and just have it there for tomorrow or it can be gone. I don't know. It's just really um, versatile and, liber you know, like, uh, I don't say liberating, but it, I guess that's the word that came out. I guess it, essentially it is sort of because you can, you don't, you're not confined. You know what I mean? Like, you know, as long as you're, like, really focused and, and honest about your connection with the product with it with coffee I think you can do anything outside of that like mm -hmm. there's not many rules to it you know you can prepare it however you want to it's just you can you know present it how you want to everything so it's just I don't know it's really cool like whereas I didn't I don't get that from a lot of those other things that I've been you know heavily invested in so yeah that's why I pursued it further <laughs> totally can you actually can you tell us maybe about like a bit of the process of like you know like the very practical process of going from like a hobby to a shop yeah. like did you start roasting and selling from your house yeah. or did you start with like a shop and then that came like no I think the practical side of things to do anything is to hopefully you have a, way, a, a, a rate of progression so that you can truly learn uh, I think a lot of times people create business plans and find money or do they go around depending on everyone else to do that for them whereas like you could just get started tomorrow you know you can ultimately just like I said you can you know it's very attainable in the way that like as far as sh you know getting 
getting involved and in, in immersing yourself in something so you can learn how to because like the computer alone like allows gives you so much like knowledge you know and it's just about researching and then ultimately trying things so brewing coffee in so many different ways at home you can roast coffee at home and then it's and then you can just figure out like um yeah doing all the specialty events you know like showing up that's stuff I still believe in and still participate in but like showing up at like art shows openings or um, shop openings um, uh, charity events you know just you know any kind of thing where you're just like just get in front of people and share coffee with you know I mean I think that's and then then you can slowly just start getting your feet wet gives you the time to also define you know yourself who you are and how you want to be but I mean you definitely um, I think that's that was our sort of path and I think I still believe in that I still believe in that path you know like to still support that like from participating in those events when anyone asks us to do something I definitely uh, I mean if it's something we want to align ourselves with I mean I won't just say yes to everything like, um, but um, if it's something or a message that I'm uh, a fan of initially then I'll show up and pour coffee for anybody you know and um and yeah, I think that's that's what we did. I don't know, I kind of forgot what the exact question was if I was supposed to. But no, that's great. If I was supposed to, I think that's sort of the cool way to, for people to do things. That's why I, when I heard about those kids roasting coffee in their home, mm-hmm. and essentially they went on to get like they kind of got like they were doing that, and they kind of got a grant from their school mm-hmm. to be. They had like their school, the, the university that um, they went to, and she went to this. They had like a small entrepreneurs sort of program and so they had a little cafe on the campus and they opened up like a little coffee shop on campus you know it was just kind of like a cool like and I was like that's like the coolest progression of someone like figuring it out you know and then moving forward rather than you can hear people like you can show up places you're like how did they do this you know like and then you can talk to people like gosh they've never actually even done A, B, C, or D. They just were, they just were good at, I don't know, telling yeah. people they were good at it or something. Hmm. This might be a very specific question, but I mean, so it makes specialty coffee special is that yeah. it comes from like a single origin or a specific place. Yeah. Um, so when you started roasting, could you tell us A, where you got your coffee from yeah. and why you, you decided to get your coffee from there or if that ever changed at one point and then when you at some point were like well I'm getting into this like I'm going to travel yeah. obviously you traveled a lot so that yeah. might not have been as big of a barrier for you Yeah. but at one point were you like shoot I want to go like find my own yeah, yeah. Or or well <clears throat> there's two different things so like if you mean like we were I actually just so we kind of just worked with Inter American Coffee, which is a coffee importer, and they're actually a very large company that um, I kind of forget the story. If they're actually still German based, but then they have their they have Inter American, which is actually a subsidiary subsidiary of this Elan Organics that's in the states, and they have offices, you know, different offices throughout, you know, a handful of offices around here. I just happened to like in the pursuit of I'd been buying pounds here five pounds there you know mm-hmm. and then when I needed to get figure out like how do I buy like a bag of coffee like how do I buy it you know um, 
Yeah, this they somehow they end up popping up on you know the internet, and then I literally just rode, rode, rode down to their their spot, and they've got like a metal door, and I just hit the little button that said zero nine, and I was like, hey, I'm David, and I think it'd be you know, and and they were super like, they, they all just, they're like. Um, They just, they just invited me in, and they were just super, like, welcoming and cool, and, like, so, um, kind of, like, and that was before I had an actual roaster and stuff like that, but I just kind of shared with them what I was hoping and what planning on doing, and they were, yeah, very, um, welcoming and made me feel a lot more comfortable, because it's pretty intimidating subculture, like, outside of it, you know, like, from trying to get into it, like, I don't know how to talk to anybody, I don't know, I'm going to sound like a total idiot, like, so they were super helpful, and, um, and essentially, like, uh, that was that was my, that got me in the door, you know, as far as, like, okay, now I can buy, you know, green coffee, I can, you know, and, and that was a, a pretty huge first step. Um, I haven't really bounced around to a lot of the other, imp- I mean, there's a lot of importers and a lot of good people. And, um, but it's just, like, for me, I just am always, like, really, like, as far as, it's like, they have good coffee, they have good coffee, everyone's got good coffee, you know, and I just, like, really focus on relationships, you know, so I have a really good relationship with them, and, um, and the people that work in the office down here, so it's like, I feel really comfortable, and I know that they've got a lot of our best interests, so I like the idea, like, rather than just bouncing around trying to get good coffee, I, like, focus on one place, and focus on the relationship, and, and then hopefully, and the good coffee comes, you know, because it, because it exists, because it's just, there's just, you get lost in the, um, it's easy to get, it's easy to get lost in this, that side of it, you know, you're like, oh, just bouncing, really chasing, chasing stuff, you know, so I, so, um, with them, I feel like, at least for what they have to offer, I feel like I'm in front of it, if that makes sense, you know, rather than being behind, um, so I like that a lot. And then uh, the working directly with uh, a farmer is, yeah, quite difficult, you know, at the volume. That's what I found is, is for most micro-roasters and stuff is simply the, the big problem I assume everyone runs into, it is, is, is the volume. You know, is if it's the travel or not because ultimately you're, you're creating a business deal with an individual um, and you'd have to, you know, to do that just to show up someplace and be like, oh, I want to buy your coffee. Like, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how you could really, it's really difficult without being able to show up and I'm going to buy all of your coffee and then also show up and then happen to have, find a producer that is producing delicious coffee too. And consistently, if you're going to do it from year to year, there has to, you know, generally there's some sort of mediator, you know. Mm-hmm. I just happen to get lucky. And uh, and there was when I posted on Facebook or something, and then a, and then a guy actually just emailed from Honduras and saying like, I see what you're doing, and he's like, I love it, I really want to be a part of it. Like, let me, you know, like, please let me send you some samples. And uh, and you know, I, at the time I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, oh. And then I talked to Inter American. I just simply said, hey, this guy. Ben Amin, he, he says, you know, his family, they're exporters, but he's really focused on these uh, unique um, 
connections around the world with different roasters or something like that. And I said, I don't know what it would be to pursue that. And then they were really open to the, because everyone's had to like wheel and deal. The first year that he produced coffee, it was it was our first year of doing anything, and it was his first year, so he produced a total of three hundred pounds. I mean, it's very little, you know. And then the next year that we, he produced seven thousand pounds, and then he went up and he's done eleven thousand. So we're just keeping up with him as we grow we're able to still keep buying his entire crop but yeah. but ultimately you have to be able to fill a container of 42,000 pounds ultimately and, and then so trying to navigate that and negotiate that kind of stuff or coordinate it um, with I don't I don't really know I, I, I have that one uh, it would be fun to keep you know the idea is to keep building that sort of um, uh, those relationships throughout I have a different, a few different like sort of countries I would really like to be a part of, um, but um, but we have to find that one-off connection, you know, that and also be at a level that where we can sort of also then um, distribute the coffee, you know, sell it and all that, you know, uh, roast it, sell it, all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, we'll just keep pursuing it for sure. But uh, I think for this initial one, I just happened to get really lucky that this, because Honduras, especially this particular region, is very supportive and has found a lot of success with selling to ritual, sight glass, mm -hmm. intelligentsia. So all these little farmers within this region, are they're also very motivated to be like, okay, like what do I have to do with my coffee to find like a roaster somewhere or someone that I can, you know, sell my coffee directly to because there's a, a, a lot of re reward in it, right? But there is a lot of risk too because um, they could pursue that, put that work into it and if, if it doesn't come to fruition and somebody drops out saying, hey, like I, I can't buy your coffee, it didn't come, something happened with, whereas if they're selling on more of a commercial level, it's like a lot less risk. They, they work with a lot more durable uh, trees. Uh, they sell it at a very, you know, market value is very low, uh, but they can, there's a lot less risk. So, but a lot less reward. So some of the, you find that I feel that certain areas, they're not very as supportive. They're not going to pursue those sort of one-off relationships as much because they're like, look, I just need to sell this, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so you just have to be <clears throat> at a place to where you can really um, play that game, you know. And the only other one that plays the game, I don't know, in San Diego is Chuck, Chuck and Bird Rock. Right. And I don't really, you know, he's done such an amazing job. I, but he, I think he's also done a smart thing, like where he's been able to partner with some other roasters, you know, like up north, you know, to help so they can split the coffee, you know, like to split containers. and to, so I, I don't know if that's, if I've got it totally right at all. I've never actually gotten to sit down and talk with him about how he's done it but um, but I think it's pretty incredible that he and he's able to get coffee from Africa which is, is pretty amazing so you know on his own so um, I think that's you know uh, it's it's hard it's it, you know A the volume needs to be there the quality needs to be there the relationship needs to be there then you still need someone to coordinate it all because yeah, you can't just be you sending thousands of pounds of coffee it's somebody from there has to do it right you know somebody has to hear import it like right. the bulk of the money now is different right because now you're just employing them as a service on either side so they're taking a much smaller cut because they're just doing paperwork at this point right. their risk is much lower so they're like yeah like I don't need 
they're not going to get the lion's share of the, of the money, whereas now that you and I have, you know, say, made this deal, and I'm going to pay you this much money, and essentially, that's my risk. We've removed that, so now we can use these other parties as simple, like, sort of, uh, just as a service, you know? So, that's how, I think that's how that works. But there's a lot, those all those variables and all those elements, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a game that I never even, I never even, imagined until getting into it you know so but the goal the goal there you know Mm -hmm. to keep trying to develop that side of it yeah Yeah. I think I've seen a lot of the relationship that you kind of talk about with farmers and like with your importer um, carry over a lot into what you guys do as a store yeah um, and even from the very beginning when you guys were basically just like a cart <laughs> yeah. at the front of yeah. that little warehouse um, it was always very community yeah. relationship based um, so maybe kind of building off that is there any specific like philosophy that you could like boil down to as far as like what makes James Coffee different or like what makes it um, coherent with like those kind of relationship beliefs um, well I don't, I don't know what makes it different right you know you never know what's actually different or if anything's actually different but I think for us I think I think just for me from like like I said like I really like that I, I like sharing things with people. I like having those connections with people. I like something that maybe I'm a fan of or like a few of us were a fan of and then if, even though we've never met, um, let's, if we've never met, uh, but you sort of hone in and kind of like the similar things, like we've already sort of cut out a lot of the fat and been like, oh, there's this, there is some, even if we've never met, we don't have to, you don't have to meet all these people but if they seem to like something that's actually sort of not vanilla, you know, that has stands for something that actually is, you know, <clears throat> it's on one side of a fence or another. It's, and then you can find whatever side of the fence that people kind of end up. It's not saying one's right or wrong, but you just say, like, oh, like, you automatically just kind of create a community, you know, because people, like, <clears throat> kind of are attracted to the similar things that you are, you're attracted to. So I think, and then um, I like developing or supporting that sort of mindset, you know, with anybody that will kind of find find a find a connection with that, and continually supporting and growing that, you know, and and so that's why you know from not a yeah not bouncing around from anything. Like I like just being consistent. I like seeing that one thing hopefully grow, and seeing the other people like genuinely connected to it, like. Uh, is I don't know. It's pretty exciting and cool because you felt like, oh, I, that's working because we just stayed the course, you right. know, as opposed to like moving around everywhere. It's like for better. I've always used it's uh, like for better or worse. Worse, I'm committed. I'm doing this. Like, and this is my friends. This is my family, and I don't care that they're the best artists or the best. I don't. You know, I just care that we do our best with what we have. And, uh, like, if, if, if Glennis in Honduras, if his coffee's not the best, I'm still going to buy it. You know, I'm not going to 
because I believe that that, 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 that connection is, that consistency is, and uh, will create a much stronger bond over time. And, uh, and that, I don't know, for me that means a lot more. And, uh, and then I feel like we can really, I don't know, believe that what we're doing is, is working as opposed to just like, I guess it's, if you feel like you're just kind of bouncing around or you kind of like, you did something for a while and it worked and you kind of just moved on and you don't still have those relationships or friends and, um, I don't know, it's hard to value it the same way as feel like, or you just kind of went somewhere because you thought it was going to be better, you know, and, and so like, I usually just try to just, with everything, just like, just keep your head down and keep moving forward and, um, I don't know if that, I, I suppose I see some sort of, you know, coherence between that idea and then also being connected to an individual thousands of miles away from us, to, and that probably, hopefully resonates somewhat, you know, from the shop itself, you know, and from the individuals that are working at the shop, or ourself, you know, so, and then, and then the people that are helping support, you know, the shop, you know, I don't know. But there's probably some sort of, it probably kind of looks all the same because of that, you know, that mindset. So. And maybe on this topic of community, and you had touched on this before yeah. uh, we walked over here, um, about like maybe the community of like coffee in San Diego. Yeah. And like, what does that look like? What is your role in that? Um, can you talk about like, you had mentioned how you just appreciate the coffee culture here. Well, San Diego's still small, so I don't know. People still like sort of feeling like it's a lot like music is, or what I when I was more a part of it. Like I don't know, you had a scene, you know, and you had a scene of people that felt like if we all had a voice, sort of speaking about something similar, or with the with a, a coherent message, um, then we would end up with more people, you know, as opposed to like. If I was just a, a band, or if I was just a coffee shop, or I was just that didn't work with anybody, and just tried to show up, and you just a, you're just something without a community. There's no support. I don't know. So, and I think San Diego, I felt like we always did that when I was younger. You know, like you created shows, you created, you know, like you you created like a scene, and all of a sudden, yeah, you just had like now you had like a big pile of humans. You know, that would like support like regardless just if you were sort of found that like-mindedness and those similarities then you supported each other uh and there's always drama and there's always gossip and there's always like silly stuff but for some reason you still keep you know everyone still moves forward and works together and you create like a bigger thing and, and that's um i don't know i think san diego is unique in that way you know to some other places not other not not, not everywhere but you know but uh, that's what, and my role in that is I don't I don't, I don't know I'm never really good at defining, but I support that I support that mindset I support that um, everyone's gonna be a lot better off working together than working separately. Sure. So mm -hmm. I mean that's just like any that's just the whole thing of when somebody talks about how did the Egyptians build these pyramids? Well, they didn't do it by one dude doing it. You know, totally. like essentially like it takes a lot of people um, to 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 create anything. You know, it takes a lot of people to create anything. It's just not, at least, it, like, especially something like this. You know, we have, you know, 
how many every years you want to define it, but a mindset of what coffee is and what it is to people, um, which generally is sort of a, like we talked about earlier, a black industrial liquid that ultimately just gets you moving in the morning, mm-hmm. much like your gasoline gets your car moving in the morning, you know? Yeah. Uh, but. But now you have a lot of platforms and ambassadors talking about coffee in a whole new way. And, and, and you just, as much as we're all very much so immersed in it, we think everybody knows about it, you really can't walk down the street here and pick out five people that will know what you guys are talking about. You know, it's still that small. So, so essentially you need to create more awareness and more energy towards it and more, and more acceptance. Too, because you, you still kind of run into that like oh whatever man I don't know why anybody would ever pay three bucks for a coffee and you're like what like <laughs> you know if you knew what all goes into that cup of coffee you would have no problem spending ten bucks for that cup of coffee you know and mm-hmm. you know and in my mind it's like right. what people spend on cocktails and that's because that's my own little because I still don't <laughs> drink alcohol so I still kind of like are you kidding me yeah. I, I believe that is actual poison uh, whereas you know. Uh, I, I think of coffee in a whole different way, obviously. But um, anyway, uh, so that's why if you have more people with that message, uh, being an ambassador for what you know coffee is, can be, and where you know you, you just like you need more people. You need more people like looking at it in a positive light, so it doesn't get just put into this this you know, square box of like oh like you have to be like a hipster you have to wear suspenders or you have to, what are you talking about you know what I mean like, <laughs> yeah. so so I think I think I think it's fun to feel like San Diego keeps popping up and some things and I, I want to support that energy the best I can so and, you would you say that like education is a pretty big aspect of yeah. the company I know you guys yeah. do you still do public cupping well we I just redid really the back area and so now we have like a much nicer like comfortable okay. area we just did a one last week and I, I still try to get back into the idea that we do them uh, multiple times a week and, and, mm-hmm. and just have them open I, I mean because uh, the thing is we need to also gear it towards people not intimidate people totally. I was trying to create more like uh, maybe little events invite little people uh, not little people not literally little <laughs> people but a, a few people in there to yeah. like focus on and that not necessarily are even coffee people you know they're, they're coffee right. enthusiasts and they're fans but they're not necessarily like, like I drink coffee every day I love it yeah. but they don't they don't know anything about it you know they just know like there's good coffee places now and they're like and they they just kind of confine it to that so right. but um um yeah, I think, I mean, education, that's the only way, but it has to be done in a way that's inviting, you know? It has to be done in a way that's, like, attainable, too, initially. Like, for me, it's, like, not just always, you know, it. first of all, the thing for me was getting a delicious cup of coffee. That's the first thing, but then, like I said, I, I'll start asking a bunch of questions. Not everyone's going to ask those questions, but if you can just get a few little keywords in there and you can create little environments that... Are inviting and not intimidating by anyone because mm-hmm. last thing I ever want to do is um, turn someone off and make someone feel like yeah. they don't fit in because yeah. I mean I love it I really really do I, like it gives me so much enjoyment every day and if I made someone feel bad or not worthy or who knows I would just I would have turned them off of everything that I, you know it's like I I, I would, pretty big motorcycle enthusiast and uh, you always like 
you know, whenever at a time, you know, you, you might take a girl on a ride or something like that, and then they'd always be like, oh, like, don't go fast or don't scare me, or you hear these stories of guys getting on their bikes and just, just hammering on the throttle, you know. But, like, for me, I, I, I approach it in the same way. It's like I love that so much that if I bummed this person out on something that I loved and they would never share that with me again, it's like I only want to make people happy with coffee, you know, because because it's what makes me happy. So I have to find those ways. And it's different for each group or each person, but you have to, because the initial part is if you, however you make them happy with that cup of coffee, you can always, then you get to keep working with them. But if you bum them out the first time around, you're not going to get to work with them anymore. And you're not going to get to like, you're not going to get to tell them like, oh, actually, just give it a sip without them. You know what I mean? Like you can, you know, start pushing them in different directions, but initially you have to like create a very good experience for, just to get them to say yes and enjoy it. And then you can come in, then you get to keep hanging out and, and uh, developing them with their, uh, with their coffee sort of journey, you know? All right. So. Hmm. Well, I, that's kind of interesting yeah. to me thinking about like just the way that you approach initially yeah um bringing someone new in um and I, a lot of like specialty shops that pop up here and there really try to push that kind of purist avenue yeah and like obviously as someone who knows like the importance of like yeah. the process of coffee yeah um, I'm sure there's like parts of you that like really value yeah. just like enjoying it for what yeah. it is. Um, but what was like the decision process on your part of like how you wanted to present those coffees? Well, I mean, Do you mean just like the way we do it? Yeah, like, the, the, like the way that you do it in the shop and like yeah. like whether it was like strategic as far as like doing things to initially draw people in mm-hmm. or I don't know. Well, I mean we did, the, I guess the strategy was simple like... It was just that, like, we, we, I didn't want to do, I wasn't going to create anything that I wasn't comfortable being a part of, you right. know? I also wanted to create um, something that could be attainable for somebody that maybe is a first time, you know? So it's like, but I also, I can't, I don't want to make people happy. I mean, I want to make people happy, but I'm not going to do things to just make people happy. And I'm not going to have, car- I'm not going to have caramel, you know, if I don't want to drink caramel lattes or something you know it's like but I want a version of things you know if like so at least if somebody asked for something that we don't have I wanted to uh, be able to say like what is it that you like about that you know and if they can say like oh like well this is what I just like I kind of like just at the end of the day when you when, instead of telling someone no and asking them what they like about that because you you can ultimately just say like oh, I don't have that available but like let me like what is it that you like about it and then you can let them know like well if that's what you like, then I think, I think you might enjoy this. Let's give it a try. I think um, then you can find a few ingredients 
you know, and things that, like, it's fun to build drinks, it's fun to, you know, have some different flavors, and, and coffee is a great base, you know, to, to partner with things, you know. Uh, you don't have to be afraid of uh, changing things up and trying new things, it's just a matter of how far are you willing to go, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and keeping the integrity of that, you know, because, I, I, you know, obviously, you know, you can't, we have sizing that um, I feel like down the middle, you know, it's like something that we, I feel like where things are ingredients. So rather than taking a, you know, uh, an eight ounce drink uh, or a 12 ounce drink, it's like ultimately you're building it, you're just adding more milk, you're not, you're, which are essentially two different drinks. You're not trying to make a bigger drink of the same, of uh, like, I'm not, um, I'm not trying to make a bigger eight ounce drink by making it, you know, two, sh four shots and adding more milk to make a 16 ounce drink. Like that's not the same drink. And so like the 12 ounce drink and the eight ounce drink and the five ounce drink, and the, those are all essentially different. They're just different ingredients, you know, our, our same ingredients, different uh, recipes, different volumes. So in different flavors, it's what you want out of it. You know, if you don't want so much coffee, uh, then you can have the bigger drink. Um, so. I feel like we can control that, you know, I think, um, you know, uh, I think we can control that, and I think that's a, f a fair way at the same time to introduce, you know, uh, somebody down the line, like if, um, like in the shop the other day, uh, one of the guys that I work with, he, um, the, the girl asked, well, what's your favorite, and he said, oh, my favorite's a five ounce, and she goes, okay, well, I'll have that, and I said, and I said, I pulled him and said, man, that girl is not going to want your drink. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because she wants to, but she could get there. She'll get there. But initially, she's a new person. She's like, I don't know. She doesn't know what to order. So you kind of have to, like, so that's, like, to me, like, you know, and, and it's nothing bad at all, but she was a 12-ounce drink for sure. You know, like, yeah, that's yeah. what, Gaging. you know, that's the, the, that's the idea, like, that, I, and then she would have, then she work her way down, you know, and then she can introduce like what what uh, Ewan would really want to drink because that's what he likes to drink. But he's, a li you know, in, in a scheme of things, he wants a very coffee forward drink. He wants just a little bit of milk, and, and uh, so I think so. That's how I looked at the drinks. You know, it's like what kind of people are going to be coming in? What kind of people if they need to learn about something new? Like what can still give them a version and make them feel comfortable from what they may have liked from other sort of more, you know. Starbucks and Pete's and whatever, you know, the more conventional sort of coffee shops that we're used to the past bit. Like, I don't want to do anything that they're doing, but I like, I think it's fun, like, if we don't have what a new customer, a new person to this sort of side of coffees, this, um, you know, this sort of third wave, or, you know, however we want to define it, this side of coffee, especially coffee, like, if they're new to it, you kind of like, I just want to find a comfortable place for them to like transition. Because as soon as they get that experience, they're like, oh my gosh, like that was amazing. Like they're going to try other things and they're going to have open conversations with people that maybe have a little bit more time or experience with with it. So, and they're not going to feel so odd because they're going to have something already that they connect with and they enjoy. It. So, um, I don't I say it's it's pretty important to not take that for granted because yeah. if you go full circle back to the first question yeah. we asked and the first thing you yeah. told us was yeah. I mean you to 
didn't even want coffee, let alone yeah. like a sugary coffee. Yeah. And you just had one experience, and then yeah. you yourself did that did the work. Everything. So like what? Yeah. So the more times you can connect with somebody like that, that's just gonna be, if it can, if you have the opportunity. That's why I say it a lot in here. It's like we have a pretty privilege to have a platform to connect with people on a daily basis. You know, it's a pri- I think it's a privilege, and it's and uh, know the energy, and you take it for granted. That you can, you know, based on your blood sugar level, you know, <laughs> but but you gotta like understand that a lot of times. I mean, this is this is this is that has nothing to do. Like you have an opportunity every time somebody gets in front of you to excite somebody about something that you're truly passionate about. You know, it's a it's a it's a, it's, it's not too many people in the world get those opportunities to be truly passionate about something, to immerse themselves in it, and then they get to share it on a right. daily basis, like. You know, most people, they're passionate about something, they're excited about something, but yet they are stuck in a cubicle somewhere. And they don't get to tell people about what it is that they love so much. Well, Keith, if you have anything else you want to ask, if not, we can move on to maybe speed. Yeah, a little quick fire. Let's do it. Cool. So we just laid out five or six questions okay a little speed round and then you're our first interview okay uh, but the plan is to end this was Darren McWater's idea for yeah. this podcast um end with a question left by the last person we interviewed we are the first person we interviewed so I do have a question for you and then we'll ask you okay. to give us a question to ask the next person we interview um so should we just go ahead with the speed round yeah Cool, and if you don't have an answer, just, I mean, yeah, let us know yeah, and yeah. just move on. Um, what is one shop that you always enjoy paying a visit? Oh, man. That's... <laughs> um, one shop? That's so mean. Hey, you can list a few. A coffee coffee in L.A. That's okay, I'm coffee coffee. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite? I enjoy it. That's so mean, though. I enjoy it. <laughs> That one's fun. That's just a tiny little shop. I live the hardware. There's a million. That's a mean. That's just a mean question. Do you have a favorite coffee, like a certain region? No. Okay. Um, what is your home setup, if you have one? Um, I don't. I don't because I live across the street. So it's <laughs> like I've always had. I had a lot. I, I I've had a lot. I've had everything. You know. I mean, a uh, little home espresso machine. That's how I really learned. It was terrible, trust me, but trying to steam milk, trying to pull shots, trying to do everything. I had a little uh, Francis Francis, but I was like, I've played with everything, Chemex, um, Aeropress, uh, Mocha Pots. I, I just had so much fun brewing coffee at home. Um, mm-hmm. Grinders, uh, you know, Hario hand grinder, uh, what is it? A, lot, a few different of the, Capresso was my first, like, conical burr grinder, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I, I've had a few different Barazzas, you know, like... Um, from the Encore to the Precisio, whatever, I don't know, like, I, you know, uh, I like those, those a lot for home, uh, they're really, they're quite capable and uh, fun for that stuff, um, but yeah, I mean, I've, uh, V60s, of course, you know, different, just like little, uh, I don't even know what they're called, I got them at like World Market, you know, just, yeah. just some poor, right, you know. mm-hmm. so do you have a favorite brew method? Oh, favorite brew method? Yeah. No. No. But... I don't have a favorite one. They're fun. V60 is just... It's, it's just a... 
nice clean way. I like the vibrance in it. Uh, uh, I do like the manual nature of it. Um, it's I do find it very inconsistent, um, so it's kind of frustrating. Um, but um, as far as from person to person to person to person, it's a very as much as it's such a simple thing. It's a, the agitation, the different things. It's very inconsistent between humans. Right. And that, that part is um, where it's yeah, it's kind of frustrating. So I mean, I actually think I really like Clever Dripper uh, okay. for the immersion quality of it. I guess I like immersion coffees, but I'm not very you know. There's so much to talk about anyway. <laughs> it's not very quick fire answers. Um, is there one person or a few people in the coffee industry that you have looked up to or do look up to? Well, I don't know. I was. Um, I don't know. I mean, you look up to, I don't know individuals, I guess I looked up to, you know, you look at the way the shops have kind of laid themselves out, how roasters laid themselves out, you know, right. and those are, I mean, for me, it's still like the big three or four or whatever, you know, it's a lot of them are the California guys, it's what I, I don't know, you hear about them, I mean, even from Stumptown, it was like a dude that founded it, it's just like, you know, it seems very, like, cool, you know, like it'd be easy, even though it's how large things have gotten and everything, right. it seems like it's still like individuals that were really just... I feel like in coffee is an exception to a lot of things, is especially at that level, is that all the guys that got into it were fans and passionate about it, like uh, or men and women, sorry, and uh, you know from Ritual and all, you know, it's like it's people were truly they 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 love it, so that's why they're doing it, and it's uh, so many other businesses. Everyone's business plan, so money, money, money. You know? It's like I can start a towel company, I sell towels, and it's like. But I don't really care about towels. I mean, I like drying off and stuff, but I don't really, I don't see a hole in the towel market, you know, right. that I can sort of fill a void. And I think coffee isn't really like that. I think you could probably find a, um, I mean, there's still an element of people that are doing things because it's fashion or it seems cool. That weeds itself out, you know. Um, once it becomes, it's a lot of work, so that starts weeding a lot of those people out. And I think what you're left with is people that are truly, one way or the other, really, really excited and passionate about what they're doing so mm -hmm. I mean, you can look to anyone and be that have been doing it for a number of years and be like they're awesome you know and, yeah. and uh, so that, 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 that's, a, that's a hard one I had a few individuals help me though that were pretty fantastic and they they, all, they, they were friends of mine that just somehow in Northern California they left um, the world that I knew them from and then they started pursuing coffee, and I didn't understand it at the time. And then when I started pursuing coffee, it had been years since I talked to them, but I was able to reach out to them. And they had been, worked at Cyclass, and roast, been, uh, one of them was the head roaster at Cyclass. And, uh, and so um, even though I had been playing around on a popcorn maker, moving to an actual commercial machine was quite intimidating. And I was able to go hang out with them quite a bit. And, yeah. and then another one is, and he's got his own shop now, um, which is Timeless Coffee Roasters in Oakland. And uh, just, just, I've known that dude since he's 15 years old. I was probably 18 or 19. You know, the first time I was, it's just crazy, it's crazy that our lives were, came together, you know, when we were quite young and then just went apart and then, you know, and then now kind of back together. And, um, and then another friend of mine, he's, yeah, he works for Blue Bottle now in New York doing production. But it's just, it's nice to have some guys that jumped into it quite a bit before I did and, yeah. and uh, have done quite well and uh and it's fun to you know it's not always pleasant getting their feedback on my coffee on coffee that we're roasting <laughs> and stuff like that but it's a it's nice to 
have that as a sounding board, and uh, and that was really, I mean, I owe them, you know, owe them a lot. I think you know, yeah. essentially, just they were just good friends, good people to like be supportive of, like, okay, like, what do you got? What do you want to do? Get to hang out with them and see how they roast and and their sort of ideas, you know, and just kind of learn actually some freedoms and the idea that like there are no rules and just because even at their level they're they have an idea of what they're doing and why they're doing it. it doesn't mean I have to do it but I get the confidence in getting to see you know someone else do it that, that are doing it quite well too so. yeah. okay last question yeah. uh, or last speed question yeah. um, what's a song that pairs well with your morning cup That's so mean too, man. That's like literally the ridiculous questions. Yeah, um, I I wouldn't know. Uh, I'm terrible with song names, but like, I've grown to really like a lot of like sort of. I don't know. Like, sort of, sort of ethereal electro like sort of like, you know stuff with like good energy but like yeah. not necessarily like fills the space up but doesn't necessarily make you have to pay attention to it I'm right. not going to be good at this man uh, no worries washed out like, a lot of their stuff oh sorry I don't know if I just killed it oh, sorry it be fine. I think it um, I feel like I need to look at my phone man it's not really fair uh, uh, um Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I got there's so much music out there, man. No worries. Okay. Obviously. Like oh, you, you told me I could say no. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool. Pass. 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 Mean question. Uh, it just be good normal questions. Yeah. Go into depth on Um. Cool. So since we don't have a previous guest. Yeah. You so see, you need, and I just want you to know this whole time that you've been asking me questions are these quick fire questions that I wasn't answering them very quick um, all I've been thinking about is like what question would I ask somebody else huh. that's all I've been thinking about in the back of my head like trying to answer these little quick fire questions and be like yeah. what's a question you would ask someone else I think I just have like yeah. very definitive answers for these yeah, yeah. so I assume like oh like oh, this work well with anyone but it's kind of fun to probably maybe to see anyone's mm-hmm ridiculous reaction because it's yeah. probably going to make everyone uncomfortable <laughs> um, what's your favorite shop? Um, Intelligentsia in Venice in that's Venice. where I got into specialty coffee okay so had that experience of walking in and being yeah. like crap I don't know how to order a coffee like yeah. what do you say you want coffee or yeah yeah what? Um, okay let me just ask you our last question yeah oh I thought we did okay. um, well this is going to be because we didn't have a last guest oh, I'll just okay. ask you a question and then I'm going to ask you for the last for the last one um, this is actually one that a buddy of mine asked yeah um, you know I mean obviously you appreciate specialty coffee and yeah. you go above and beyond to um, experience that cup yeah and this might actually not be the best question for you because before that you didn't have much experience with coffee. But yeah. Is there a place in your heart for that cup from Seven Eleven? Like, oh yeah, getting 100%. up in the morning to go for a motorcycle ride, and you just want like to walk into Seven Eleven and grab a warm cup of coffee. I, I, a coffee 
I, you know, I don't know what percentage to give it credit to the environment and the experience that you're having. It, it's like, but it's quite high. Like, I don't think, I think you can make, the thing is the environment and the people you're around are that immediate moment will make a shitty cup of coffee the most amazing cup of coffee. And then on the verse side, there's no version of a good cup of coffee that can make up for a shitty environment or shitty experience. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing that I think, you, no matter what you do, like, it'll, it ruins, it, it gets in that cup. So, yeah, if you go for a surf or you getting out of the water and you just need something warm or uh, riding a motorbike, being caught out in the rain, you pull over and you just get that cup of coffee and you feel it just steaming and just, it's... It's amazing. Like, I remember, and there was a girl one time that was like, oh my gosh, like, you gotta go to, this what she said. She goes, do you have any coffee from, like, Vietnam or something? I was like, no. Nah. She said, oh, they have the best coffee. And I was like, oh yeah, like, they have the best coffee. I was like, what's up? I'm like, you know, like, what's your story? Like, why is that? And she tells me, oh, I was in Vietnam, we were backpacking, and then we ended up on top of this mountain, and the coffee farm, and this little old lady at the top in a hut, and she, like, grinded up the coffee right there and made us, like, an espresso. No shit, that was the best cup of coffee you've ever had in your life. Like, how could anyone ever compete right. with you on a backpacking trip in Vietnam? You know what I mean? Like, who knows what the cup of coffee actually tastes like? I mean, I'm sure it was great, but but that 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 is like ninety percent of just yeah. Her looking out probably over like low clouds and you know what I mean, and and just getting this comforting warm beverage. I mean, because at the the core of it, that's what it is. You know, it's familiarity, it's community, it's. It's comfort, you know, and, and um, I mean, that's what coffee, you know, is. And uh, without those elements, yeah, I mean, and I think you can get that from from any version of that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't downplay, I'm not above drinking any of that stuff or just enjoying, you know, the camp, I mean, camping coffee and stuff, you know, like, you know, just, I don't know. I remember I was on a motorcycle trip. I was just, I don't even know it was a trip, but I was just gone for a long time and uh but i would camp and do whatever and i yeah. i carry around these little starbucks packets you know where you just oh, yeah. dis- they just dissolve in the right. water i don't know what that i don't know what i'm drinking no one knows. <laughs> but it's amazing you yeah. know and uh you know you just boil up some hot water over a campfire and you just tear the packet and you just dump it in there and you're like you have black liquid and you're like yeah. this is awesome you know and i don't know what it is but um some sort of powder coffee yeah. powder and it and actually spending a lot of time in Indonesia or Bali, especially it's called Bali coffee, and they just make it by ultimately throwing the coffee grounds in the water, and you just can't get greedy because at the very bottom it's just a mud pit, you know, yeah. of uh, grounds. But it's 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 just you know, so I I mean I like it. across the board. Yeah, I would never be grossed out. Yeah. The only time I'm grossed out is when I go in a place that has tried to play a game and present itself. Mm-hmm on a certain level and then when you get the cup of coffee you're like they're not playing the same game mm-hmm. that part that grosses me out I won't finish that cup of coffee because it's like false you know and that part that's the only time I think because when you go into the, a lot of these other, you know you go into the places you mentioned it's like yeah it, this is what it is you know what you're getting but when you go into a spot that's like all like decked out super nice equipment it's got white tile and right. it's like they got a name it's like you thought of everything else and the one thing you couldn't figure out was how to make a nice cup of coffee that part is always shocking and a bum out yeah. so yeah awesome answer um, do you have a question for our next guest it can be it can be coffee it can be about what he ate for lunch yeah, let's just, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
I'd actually be curious to hear what they like out. What do they do outside of the coffee? That's what I'd like to. Do. Sometimes I'd like like what do you do? What is it? What else do you like to do? do you, that's what are your other passions or hobbies outside of coffee? Because that's a lot of times pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think people in coffee tend to only talk just about coffee. Have like the coffee. <laughs> Which is great. You only need one thing, right? Yeah, of course. Well, and coffee is yeah. endless. Yeah, yeah. So things, like, but. you only need the one thing, but sometimes it's actually cool to find a few other things about somebody. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so relieved that you love coffee too. Right. You know, and you're like, because because um, I think it's a kind of a deal. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's become kind of a deal breaker for me. Like if uh, if we are connected somewhere else, you know, like say if it's like going for a surf, riding motorbikes. I guess I don't really do much more than that, but, um, and coffee, if we could be connected, I just, it just hurts my ears so bad now when somebody goes, oh, no, I don't, uh, I don't drink coffee, I don't do, you know, it's just like, it burns me up, like, I'm like, yeah. what, you know, or when they say things like, oh, I can't have caffeine, I'm like, can you really not have caffeine, you know what I mean, like, I always get kind of like, but either way, it's fun to, it's fun to hear what everyone else has got going on. That's my question. Totally. Cool. Well, thanks so much. We well, you're welcome. appreciate you letting us pick your mind on everything from yeah. industry to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, I'm, uh, you know, it's fun. It's fun to, you know, like I said, it's fun to see, see what you can help with.